Welcome to the Humanize the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. Um, so initially, um, it's about getting the team comfortable with talking to people uh, because the, I, I find team members, especially when they're talking to clients, have bigger problems. One, because we, we all want to please everyone because that's what we all want to do. We we want to have positive impacts on, on the way that we work. Yeah? I, I think the majority of people will sit in that category. But when you're a team member, you've also got two people to worry about. It's not whether does Mr. or Mrs. Client like me. It's will Michael think I'm doing a good job on this at the same time? So they have double, tri- they have double the amount of initial potential. Yeah, double jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, they, they they do. So what what we do with all of our trainees to start off with um, is we start them off with a book called Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends to Influence People. Classic, absolute classic. Yeah, brilliant. And, and the stuff in there is complete gold. Where yeah. um, where where it's just about interacting with people and how to do it. And, and it's like ask loads of open questions. And what we'll do is we'll go through with each of them and do, we're about to do another load of role plays uh, coming up where you'd then say, right, in this situation, what would you do? So it could be on, I'm meeting a client, I'm nervous. And so you just get them to smile because when they're nervous, people go like that. And it's, it just repels people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and also, if, if there's a real bad confrontation with a client, then let give someone an out so they don't look stupid. Mm. Um, and it's it's about building a lot of soft skills as well as the accountancy skills all the way through their journey. As we do more and more of these Humanise the Numbers podcast discussions, what's becoming more and more apparent is the importance of the conversation between an accountant and the business owner client. And on this podcast discussion with Michael Hem of MDH in Croydon, you'll hear Michael talk about the things he does to build the knowledge and skill of his team so that they're more capable of having more, better, stronger conversations with clients. How important Michael believes being true to yourself, genuine, authentic, comfortable in your own skin is to having meaningful, trusting conversations with clients. And Towards the end of the podcast, you'll hear Michael unpack what he believes are the challenges ahead in and around the recession and the challenges associated with all the negativity from the press and the role that accountants play in reassuring, acting as an an active sounding board that helps clients make better decisions when times are tough. Let's go to that brilliant podcast with Michael Hem now. Hello, my name's Michael Hem. I run a company called MDH that I'm the sole practitioner for. Uh, We have a team of seven and we also have a financial services company attached to us as well that's called MDH Financial Partners. Uh, we're based in Croydon, and originally it was set up from a bedroom um, about 12 years ago. Brilliant. So how many clients have you got now then, Michael? Uh, we've got 100 business clients, uh, just shy of, but it's close to that figure. Uh, we do some service charge work uh, because we end up doing a lot of property accounts, and we've got about 50 self-assessments. So you're looking at, an on a normal year, about half a million turnover. Right, okay, brilliant, brilliant. Um, so what does the phrase, Michael, what does the phrase humanize the numbers mean to you and um, your firm? And, um, I, I remember it was more important, I learned this when I was employed, that there was a lot of clients that come through the door that are absolutely scared to go and see their accountant and and they're almost mocked a bit, which which I think is really naff because I, I, I think our job as accountants is to support the business owner and and that sometimes taking away the jargon and all the wonderful things we learn doing our studies, but also put it into their language and also how um, and having a level of empathy where you know exactly what that business owner is feeling because a lot of these business owners find it quite a lonely place, mm. even though they've been sold the dream that it's really successful. It can be quite intense as well. Mm. And and I think humanising it uh, just has a level of empathy, which basically means you're doing your best to understand and feel what they're feeling. 
Brilliant. So, how how do you how do you have that empathy show up then, Michael? What's what, what what's actually going on so that you are genuinely, wholeheartedly, an, an empathetic accountant? I, I, I think I think I think most importantly is is is, is the way you look. It's quite easy for us to look inward because we're worried about what people think about us. So if if you're com- if you're comfortable in your own skin and you're just there connecting with Mr or Mrs client or whoever's sitting in front of you, um you can you can spot opportunities um which will allow you to build trust a lot quicker. This is this is a we've gone deep straight away on this conversation. So, uh, what do you want to slide down? Uh, no, no, not at all. No, no, I'm no, absolutely up for it. Uh, so, comfortable in your own skin. So, how how do, how, does, how do accountants get to a place where they're in that space and uh, just, therefore just, own, own, just own, own who you are? I mean, I mean, it, when I first set up the um, the company, which was 2010, there was a big stage of everyone going, "Oh, we're different." And being different doesn't mean you're better. It could be actually worse. Mm. And and now the current stage is we're not your most normal accountant. Well, why are you concentrating on what you're not? Why aren't you concentrating on who you are? Mm. And who you are is there to be the best version of you can be for for the person sitting in front of you to give them the best service possible to help their, their business thrive. Mm. And not just about getting the numbers right. It's about hitting their business and personal goals. Mm-hmm. Because the numbers could say anything, but if it takes them in the wrong direction, it's mm-hmm. it's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My experience in and around um, speaking from stage, for example, I know it's different from being in front of a one-on-one client, but it's just um, you've made me think of the first few times, quite a few times, I've been on stage. You know, I'm there to. I just felt as I was trying to impress the audience. And but actually, as soon as I got to a place where actually I'm just being me, all of a sudden you uh, your message becomes more coherent because I think and I'm just trying to unpack it a little bit, Michael. As the, the let, me, let me just wade in. Go on, it's then. a bit. It's a bit like, uh, and this is completely different realm. When you first start trying to court a male or a woman, depending on your preference, you know when you're trying to serenade. When I was trying to serenade a girl, you. I would You're be not going to break into hard. song now, Michael. Are you? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not. But 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 people feel whether you're being genuine or you're mm. being desperate. Yeah. And it, it's and when you speak, which is one of the most frightening things that you can ever do in the whole world, um, you spend too much time looking inwards, which I mentioned earlier. Sure. And and the moment you look outwards and you connect with people, mm. that's where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 in my opinion, I'm, I'm with you all the way. One of our core principles is, you know, do the work that better connects with your team. Do the work that better connects with your clients, uh, and the, you know, use the word genuine is and, and authentic and we, is a big part of that. And we've taken on three new team members recently, or early on in their AAT career, right? Um, so they're, they're ready to climb up the ladder. And I, I love the look of horror on their face when you say. What's the most important part of being an accountant? And they go, oh yeah, adding it up or getting the tax down. You go, no, it's not. It's about how you communicate it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're really limp and and just bland, everyone's just not going to be interested. And a big thing for us is 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 about just being passionate about what we do. Mm-hmm. So where does that passion come from, Michael? Um, I. I, I like helping people naturally. Mm. Um, I, I enjoy business and I enjoy people. And and the more the more colourful, enlightening, engaging, and sometimes provoking things could be, you, to me that's the real magic. So it's 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 and all it is is unlocking is helping people be the best version of themselves that they can be. Mm. or want to be mm. uh, and that could all but from my perspective that's not just what i do with my clients it's also what i do with the team right um because because i'm here to build team members to get the power of seven rather than just me right so you've, you've used the phrase the best version of yourself a couple of times uh, uh now now I, i'm always looking for what are the um uh, the the bits of knowledge but more importantly the skills that result in you becoming the best version of yourself. Now, this is, <clears throat> as a leader, 
what is it you're doing? What skills are you using to help your clients get the best version of themselves? And a separate question, you might fold them together. The best, the same applies to your team, the best version of your team members. Right. So the best version of our team members is, is teaching them everything that took me a long time to learn. So there, there are things that I've, that I've done over the, over the journey of running my own practice, which is 10 years, that I'm training some of my newer team members now, things that took me five or six years to grasp. Um, and there was, I had literally had a conversation this morning with a team member who was, I've got so much to do. I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. Oh, my God, I'm so busy. And it's just like, well, why don't you spend 15 minutes on the end of your work week, which could be a Wednesday or a Friday, and actually just celebrate the things that you've done? Hmm. Uh, because it can be, otherwise, you'll never strive to get perfection, um, but you're also not celebrating the many wins that you've had along the journey. Because over the last 10 years, there's been some epic wins, but there's been a lot of days where we've built up bit by bit by bit by bit. Uh, from my client's perspective, it's it's about also transferring that knowledge that I've learned through being in business and being an accountant and and helping them avoid grenades, helping them avoid landmines of business. Mm. And one of our biggest values for me is heart and Ultimately, that that would be love. Uh, but heart to me really means about being brave. I was sick to death of working in practice and we'd be sitting there nine months after the year end when the accounts are just about to be filed on the deadline and someone will be saying, oh, if you'd have done this, 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 you would have saved a load of tax. And, and, and they're sitting there with a blank look saying, oh, thank you. Where's the DeLorean that I can get in in a time machine to go back and sort that out? Mm. Um, but it's easy when you're looking backwards. It's, it's, it's not brave when you're looking forward. So I, heart to me means about showing enough care but being brave. So you're not looking back nine months in the past. Mm. You're helping your client in the present moment and in the future. Okay, so if I'm just trying to unpack this the, the, and, and isolate the skills in there. So it was, it was uh, teach was a big was something you mentioned. So it's actually we've got to work out how to better teach people faster than we learned. So I get that. Um, there's celebrate the wins. So that's a key skill. So you know facilitate, prompt, hold your team accountable to celebrating um, uh, the wins. I'm trying to go. How do you, how do you build the skill of bravery? Um, you know, or bringing it into the present moment rather than just looking in the rear view mirror. Um, I'm not sure how to, so well, I'll ask the question. So so how, how do you bring your team and or your clients into the present day? And I presume I'm, I'm guessing you wanted to also talk about the future as well, because that's, you know, we're all looking forwards to some degree in terms of our careers or the future of our business. What, 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 what exactly are you doing, which is A, empathetic, but B, advancing or talking about the specific skills michael yeah and that comes it starts off with again understanding where they want to get to right so i i think it's really understanding their personal goals which then lead into their business goals mm. and one and now there's loads of clients that are really fuzzy on that and they go not quite mm. sure and and we'll help them along the way through going through a process and and the majority of business owners are in that box uh, mm. I find. And then the moment them goals become clearer, we can then do everything that we do that help get them there quicker. And that could be a multitude of things. It could be saving tax. It could be having a good dashboard. It could be having regular management accounts. Uh, but sometimes it's just that emotional support mm. as well, because we offer 20 minutes, half an hour, ad hoc free advice throughout the year. And, and sometimes people just ring up and, are, and and they just want a sounding board quickly, or is this okay? And and I think one of the things that's not celebrated enough in our profession is how many others really give that emotional support to our clients. Mm. Which was a big part, wasn't it? You know, pandemic, pandemic, lockdown, all the you know, sea bills, all of that stuff. There seemed to be an awful lot of support. certainly with all the firms that we're close to. There was a lot more. Um, Moment by it moment. Should, it should have been done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I question, was that all coming from a place of fear because they were bricking it about losing their client base? 
um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, if, and if they've learned from it and everyone is more empathetic and everyone is more caring, then the world's a better place. Hmm. Well, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that we haven't reverted back to where we were before. Possibly. Um, and you know, you, you're right to question what was the driver behind that levels of contact. Uh, the, uh, the impression I'm left with is that there was genuine care there. Um, don't get me wrong, there was the, we were living in a world of fear, weren't we? <laughs> On all sorts of levels, everyone was in that space, um, you know, me included. Um, and you know, I look at the impact it had on my uh, parents and the, the kids, and you know, you know that was there was just, we were just living in that space. It was uh, a tough time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that the support was there, the accountants were supporting more, more often their clients, um, and obviously, you know, you know, according to everything the press is saying, with inflation and recession all around the corner, we're going into another high care time where we um, uh, the the profession can can do something significant empathetically supporting their clients and establish a, another layer of uh, trust and uh, responsibility for their for their clients and their team for that matter um so what i loved though in your last piece was um ask your clients about their goals and the chances are many times you'll get back is a fuzziness because they haven't really quite worked it out clearly enough so how do you help clients get clearer on that on their goals dig and provoke so, so it, it's, it's lots of open questions right so and and it's, it's it's about what truly makes them happy the the one thing that always made me smile before pre-covid is is the one question that we ask is <clears throat> if you was going to do what you want when you want without any fear of money what would that take as a monthly income and, and pre-covid it was always three grand and if it was 3,000, that means they'd been on a course or told that's what to say. So that was a little red flag to say um, they've been led to say that. At the moment, it's 10,000. So I know if someone says to me they want to earn, to answer that question, it's £10,000 a month, mm. I will always re-question that and just with why, what would that mean to you and what would that achieve and how would that make you feel? Right. And, and how do clients respond to those sorts of questions then, Michael? Some of them really, really, really um, tighten up at first mm. because they don't expect it. Mm. Uh, but when you sort of, when you sit there and, and and say, this this will benefit all of us, including yourself, because I, that way I can give a better service to you. Mm. So if you, because there's loads of different, directions that you can go and it's got to be what's right for them not not what they think it's right or they're on the business dream yeah 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 uh, so it's one thing to ask a question about the goals another one to ask a second question to get some sort of value to their you know monthly number if they were doing exactly what they wanted to do to paraphrase um and then it's another thing to layer even more questions in there to get to the whys and wherefores behind why they want that number um yeah. Which isn't sort of uh, the natural territory of an accountant, is it? Those sort of, that sort of deep layering questions. Um, so it, uh, this might not be where you can answer, Michael. But I'm just with your small team. Are you building those skills in your team so they can do it, or is this the Michael Hem approach no, no, with no, his no, hundred so, clients? So we, we do it. We do it through the whole team. It's on every single proposal when we sign up a brand new spanking new client. Um, and we also share every all, all of the business customers' goals on our Microsoft Teams, which used to be Yammer. So right. it's, it's, it's on the client file, it's on an intranet, and now we're on Microsoft Teams. <coughs> and what we used to do pre-COVID, or like slip between, um, slip between the nets for our bigger clients, we used to actually get a goals mug printed for them with our logo on it. All right. So, so when they have a coffee a in the morning... Mug. Yeah, so we'd get, tea, we, okay. yeah, we'd have uh, an MDH logo on it because they're the best merchandise that people don't throw away. Right. So people <laughs> use them all the time. Um, and then we'd have um hashtag on what their goal was. Right. So every morning they would they could then have their cup of coffee and, and that'll be their goal. So when you when I go to some clients' premises sometimes you see that in the cupboard and you go still there yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and i've had one client that said oh can i have two this year michael and so you get him two mugs right 
and so, um, it 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 was very successful. We stopped during COVID because of obvious reasons. It's probably something that I'd like to start up again, but we're still recording them. Mm. It's just the bug bit that's fallen between the ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you said you got about hundred business clients. So are you saying you've got the goals for every one of your hundred business clients recorded on yeah. Teams? Yeah, yeah, and 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 on on their proposals and on our server at the same time. And and do you, how often do they get refreshed? At least annually. Right. So the, so you got so with clients that you've worked with for years, you've got the different goals for different years uh, captured somewhere. Yeah. All right. So some accounts go, well, that's really hard to do, but um, it doesn't sound as though you found it particularly difficult. It's one question. Yeah. And a file note. If yeah. you're going, if you're going back in 1989, mm. and and if and if you're being really advanced with it, it's a voice note, and you get someone type it up, type it up, or it's a voice note, and Otter types it up for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it is just the one question. Sorry if that, that was sarcastic. No, 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 no. Really. I, no, I love it because it's there's. Um, I, I I pose the question, Michael, and 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 the, or rather the statement, only because we'll get pushback. So you know, with a firm uh, yesterday, in fact. Um, large firm, 1,900 uh, clients in total, uh, about a 1,000 of those are business clients. Um, and we were having this exact piece around, you know, they, um, you know they, they, they've got a real focus on having a better future for their clients. Um, well, haven't they got to define what a better future looks like for their clients if they're committed to that approach and they accept that's the case? So they've now got to work out how to capture what a better future looks like for all of their team and all of their clients. And it's, as, and it's as simple as asking the question and recording it somewhere so you can refer to it later. And everyone accepts the merit of that, but actually installing that skill, that habit of asking that question of every client every year or more often with some clients um, is a bit of a challenge because it's not what they've historically normally done. Um, but the installation is a lot more interested in the defer tax. <laughs> Um, for for most, Michael, I would I would, I would agree. I would agree. Um, so, how do we if we turn the the spotlight of this goals thing onto the team? How do you um, how do you uh, build the uh, the goals piece in and around and work with the team? Um, so initially, um, it's about getting the team comfortable with talking to people uh, because the, I, I find team members, especially when they're talking to clients, have bigger problems. One, because we, we all want to please everyone because that's what we all want to do. We we want to have positive impacts on, on the way that we work, yeah? I, I think the majority of people will sit in that category. But when you're a team member, you've also got two people to worry about. It's not whether does Mr. or Mrs. Client like me. It's will Michael think I'm doing a good job on this at the same time? So they have double, they have double the amount of initial potential yeah, double jeopardy yeah yeah they, they, they do so what what we do with all of our trainees to start off with um is we start them off with a book called dale carnegie's how to win friends to influence people classic absolute classic yeah brilliant and, and the stuff in there is complete gold where yeah. um where it's just about interacting with people and how to do it and and it's like ask loads of open questions and what we'll do is we'll go through with each of them and do we're about to do another load of role plays uh, coming up where you'd then say, right, in this situation, what would you do? So it could be on, I'm meeting a client, I'm nervous. And so you just get them to smile because when they're nervous, people go like that. And it's, it just repels people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and also if, if there's a real bad confrontation with a client, then let give someone an out so they don't look stupid. Mm. Um, and it's it's about building a lot of soft skills as well as the accountancy skills all the way through their journey. Right. So um, I'm curious now, just because I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Dale Carnegie book. I read it about 30, 30 years ago. Um, and it was 10 well, so years ago. So when I was three or four, Paul, yeah? Yeah, thanks, Michael. Yeah, yeah, very charming. Um, <laughs> someone say something, you know, full of, fill in the blank. Thank you. Um, uh, has it stood the test of time, though, that, do you think? Because some people resist something like that because it's ancient history, isn't it? Is it, what, was it 40, 45 years old, that book? I, I think it does stand the test of time. Right. I, 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 How I, do you know? I, I, 
it's my opinion. So if I went through all the chapters of their book, mm. they, they they do stand the test of time mm. because a lot of the because uh, it's interacting with people, which doesn't really change a lot, does it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, Th- those are timeless skills, aren't they? Uh, I, I, by I, the way, I agree with you, Michael. I just wanted your view on this because it's um, I do think it is one of the all time classics in terms of you. And, and what's in- impressive in this part of the conversation is. You're investing time, role play time, learning time with your team on soft skills because you know that the empathetic conversation with the client is what matters more to the client than the report on their annual accounts. Often, and one of the chapters in there, if, if if you've got a team member that is really scared and nervous about interacting with people, then there's a chapter in there about getting them talking about themselves. <laughs> so they don't have to say anything. Yeah, All yeah. they have to do is capture stuff or and, and add bits into it. Yeah, no, brilliant. Um, it, it, uh, I do wonder if, Michael, there's a, there's a shift at play at the moment because we're, we're having lots of conversation with lots of firms about how do we build the, uh, com- people call it soft skills. I don't think they're soft, I think they're hard. You know, I, you know, if you're not comfortable in it, it's actually quite tough to, to develop them. Um, but as you've got to get to an experiential learning space like role play, which always freaks people out to some degree. And I always like to put a camera in the room and go, right, I'm going to do some role plays. I'm going to do them on camera, <laughs> which freaks them out even more. And they go, I'll tell you what, we'll not, we'll ignore the camera. And then they go, oh, thank God we're not doing the camera. And they're into the role play. But the camera's only there just to give them a, a, an anchor to something that could be slightly more difficult later. Um, uh, Soft skills, conversation skills is the uh, is is the key to the relationship building, and uh, to a degree you relaxing. And I, I take your point, Michael, about when your team are developing this, they're wary of their own ability, wary of the client, and wary of the boss, um, and what they might think, as opposed to just being themselves. Um, and just going, and I'm emphasising the role play bit because if you re, if you're doing that often, you're going to build skill much faster than if you just tell them what to do because people don't do what you tell them to do, do they? And we get them quite early on sitting on client meetings as well, right? So even some of the wilder clients that we've got, uh, just to just to sit there and just soak it in, mm. uh, because it has such a excellent effect um, long term, even if it takes a while to settle. Yeah. They they build up, build up, build up, and then you see you, you see some great results. Um, can you give us an example of that playing out? Um, so so yeah, I, I mean I've taken, I remember taking um, a second day trainee, no accountancy practice experience ever on on day two, taking her to a really loud animated construction client, and and her eyes popped out afterwards, going, oh my god, what was all that about? Um, but in two, two, three years' time, she said that was one of the best meetings ever that I just learned so much, but but didn't realise at the time. Mm. Um, but also, it's it's about just getting. Sometimes, with when you're dealing with any type of fear, once you get in there and do it, a lot of the time you go, "This isn't that bad. They're just people. Mm. We're not hiding behind a suit or uh, we're an accountancy badge and this is who we are. It's people talking to people." Mm. Uh, I love the, um, if you've come across uh, Peter Thompson on your travels, but he, he suggests fear is false evidence appears real, you know, F-E-A-R, and it's just, you are you know, the, 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 the fear of the unknown is worse than the reality, you know, it's it just getting to the space where it's uh, it's real, and, I'm, and I know Dale Carnegie deals with that as well, uh, is that, that management of, uh, of, of fear. Interesting that we've brought fear up into the conversation two or three times, and I'm actually reading a book at the minute by Dr. Pippa Grains called Fear Less, because actually, what do we do as leaders to ensure we create an environment where there's people feel safer? Because when people feel safe, they perform better. Um, Starts with trust. Um, actually, uh, Pippa suggests trust comes from an absence of fear, as opposed to the, it, it's it's the lead piece. You create like a safe Lencioni, environment. Like Lencioni talks about vulnerability, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that, absolutely right. She's it's um, trust is a you know can you be vulnerable and therefore people will trust you more and they'll open up. Uh, uh, vulnerability comes from a place of safety. It's a it's an interesting or, or courage chain. or, or courage. Um, uh, for sure, um, 
Um, but see, the courage is for them to express the courage, whereas we as leaders create an environment of safety and therefore if they've got a little bit of courage, they're more likely, it's more likely to show up. You know, we've got a responsibility for the culture and the environment of, uh, for, for, for our team. Um, but the, uh, you know, the trainee going to a, um, a volatile uh, building contractor type uh, environment, so it's a good one. So um, all, all your team, uh, Michael, do they all go to client meetings? Yeah, we, we, we t when they're sort of early trainees, we take them to the odd one or two. Right. And then when, when they're sort of senior and, and we're building client managers, um, they sit on every set of accounts that they would do, they would sit off on the sign-off sign meetings. Right. Do three or four, get a bit confident, start talking to them on the phone and email. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you then switch the meeting to where they lead it and then I'll sit in there. Right. Perfect. Until, until you let go of them because yeah, yeah. <clears throat> although we've all got, I, I certainly have got clients that go, Michael is still looking in this, isn't it? And they go, yeah, 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 yeah. he's helped yeah. me all the way with this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm always there for the team if they need it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, you, because, so that, you've just described that, that classic, classic mentoring model where, you know, um, you do, they watch, uh, you do, they watch, and you do that a few times, then they do it, you watch, they do it, you watch, and then they do it and you get out of the way. And that's the, the simple version. Uh, you know, there's, yeah, can they I, I didn't routinely? know that was a classic model. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it, it, it's how do you build insight, knowledge and skill is you do it and let them watch. And then you do that several times. And then, and the piece that, um, if, if ever that happened, the piece that mostly goes missing is they do you watch. Because you think now they've seen you do it, they know what they're doing, so you leave them to it. And that's called abdication, not delegation. Um, but it's that um, mentor. I learned it off I, a good friend of mine was a really, really top flight salesman at um, Hewlett Packard. And that's yes. how they trained all their salespeople. Mm. Um, and I, I used to have a friend who was a, a salesperson at IBM going back a few decades here. Um, and their salespeople did not have responsibility for uh, running their own client meetings for 18 months when they started they were always in a meeting with someone else and they were either watching or doing whilst being watched mm. and they were they were paid a fortune for not actually doing anything because it could have happened with the good one anyway but that's mm. how they grew really high quality salespeople. i don't nice. think it's any different from training you know rugby players i'm always talking about rugby players because i referee a rugby match and i'm a coach um accountants um tax managers whatever uh, auditors whatever um no that's brilliant michael um, so we've had, um, quite a bit of conversation around how you better connect with your team, better connect with your clients with a, you know, be yourself, empathetic approach, you know, just ask some relatively simple questions. I think the standout for me is record the answers somewhere, especially if you're talking about goals, cause you can refer back to it and then they build faith in you, trust in you, that you're taking them seriously. I love that. Um, if, if every firm all they did was ask goals questions of all their clients and record them and revisit them, uh, they would change the quality of the relationship, wouldn't they? Oh, I hope they don't because it, it makes us stand out better. <laughs> uh, but the reality is, like, you know, so few will do, do it, you know. That's just, um, uh, and uh, I'm sure you've established very strong relationships with your clients. Um, so what do you see as the, um, the, the key challenges facing either you, your team or your clients over the next you know, six or 12 months? There's, there's a lot of business owners that are tired through going through COVID. Really? And, and so there, there are, there is, there are some businesses that are just mentally fatigued. There's, there's definitely a recession coming. Um, the one thing that I, I, I find really disappointing as a country is is the way that the press feeds us all stuff to to control behaviour. Um, where th there's there's too many fear grenades thrown out into 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 society, which is which is quite controlling of behaviour. Yeah, undermining because, of people's mental well being, isn't it? Oh, it's it's, it's terrible. Um, mm. So, but there is pain coming ahead. And in COVID, there was a lot of handouts given and there was a lot of help, whether it be furlough, whether it be Siebel's, whether it be bouncy loans and whether, uh, all of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't see that help coming this time. No. 
So if you think that you're in a bit of trouble and it's handout time, um, I don't think that's coming. So I think one thing that you need to really prepare for with your business is do you have a real good handle of your customers? Um, so do you know what problems you solve and how, how you serve in them best? Because things change. And then have you got a good handle of your numbers? And, and are there any black holes in the customer's account? So a black hole that we would define they have is a massive overdrawn director's loan account, mm. which, which happens time and time again with small businesses because they're spending it before they've earned it. Yeah. Um, but what you've got, what you have got coming up is we don't know what's going to happen. We can look at 2010. We can look at 1992, we can look at 1970, but ultimately we do not know what's going to happen. So there's a lot of people predicting stuff that is just going to be wrong. Mm. You've just got to keep an eye on the market without losing your mind mm. and and play the best decisions of what's in front of you and what's going forward. Mm. Because if if the recession does hit, like it's potentially going to, there's going to be a lot of unemployment. We're going to see people squeezed on their mortgages where there's, for the last 10 years, people have been used to a 1% mortgage rate. Well, that, that that's not happening. It's going to be 4%. Mm. Um, you've got energy costs, which, which are savagely rising at the minute. So you're going to feel everyone getting squeezed. Mm. Now, it, it sounds like it's going to be a very 1992 recession, but it'll probably be different in some way to make mm. it how they define it this time. So it's good to have a guide of what's got in the future, but also be open that what you hear in the news could be just a load of negative thing to get in your head. Mm -hmm. And it's what can you do now to make you and your business better? And one of that is built is making sure you've got a really good level of enthusiasm that is genuine and you're not just faking it. Mm. Um, and one, have, do you really understand your customers do you really understand your numbers and do you really understand how your business ticks and your team? So if you've got a service business, how well do you understand your team? Because they're going to get squeezed. Mm. And uh, in, in our practice, I support my team in that area. Um, and if you've got products, is, is your product going to be relevant in the next three to five years? Mm. Or is there enhancements that you can do to make that product even more sexy and earn more? Because... Mm. That there are people that are still doing really, really well. Mm. It's not all doom and gloom. No. Um, it's that there's still a lot of good stuff out there. What do you think's the um, sort of positioning or role of the accountant or the profession as a whole, whilst all this um, doom and gloom from the papers and the government and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, has been um, rammed down our throats? Sounding board and communicate what's really going on. Because we, we've got a lot of clients that ask us, we've heard this doom and gloom, uh, what's, what's the score? Mm. And, then, and then we tell them there was what, what was, what was really, I've never been, I've never had a pre-budget like this ever in, since I've been working. This budget, I had so many scared people with what was going in the news with the rises that were going to happen this autumn, that people were white knuckling me on the phone or mm. like ready to vomit. And there was a lot of front page articles uh, around capital gains tax and all sorts where people were scared. Mm. And funny enough, the tax rises that come in weren't as bad as what they were putting in the press, so made it look less bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was. I, I think that's naughty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that the, the um, you say um, sounding board is, is the primary role. Um, uh, but a sounding board doesn't counter that fear and uncertainty and discombobulation from all the uh, negative messaging. Right? No, which it? which has to come up with action afterwards. Right. So you 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 leave a do a thing what we call a problem analysis with them, which is normally their initial problem when you dig into it is not the real problem. Um, and and that could be lots of different things. Um, but you'd also help them. Um, with advice on what would be a good decision. And sometimes we do a lot of extra services um, where we do basically one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions and or you could call it a board meeting type. Yeah. Um, so we, we offer clients to go into it in more detail 
if they want to. And we've got various clients that um, uh, we meet with on a regular basis. Mm. Now, that's a paid-for extra service, mm. but I, I still like to think we give a lot of value for what we deliver. Mm. So it's the um, support, the sounding board, the support, but actually drive helps support them make better decisions. Yeah. Um, so you, um, it's it's quite a um, on the front foot. I hate using the word proactive, but proactive. I'm partly responsible for the future of this business. It sounds like you taking responsibility, or at least part responsibility, for the future effectiveness and success of your clients, Michael. That's a big step. That. Yeah, I, I like to think that I'm by their side. So I'm not with them every day. Yeah, and I'm I'm there in some limited support, but I'm I've got their back. Mm. Um, so it's so sounding board's one thing, but uh, when you add in, I've got your back piece. That that's a real piece of positioning. That um, and that there's reassurance there, which is enhanced even further if you've got that uh, support on making better decisions. Um, which means that you're going to have to have to have access to up to date, accurate financial records as well. I guess. So yeah, that's that's part that's that's part of it, and and uh, it, it's a whole multitude of things. So it, 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 sometimes they, they've heard someone in an industry tell them something that's just complete tales from Narnia. That it, 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 there's, there's, there's a whole range of stuff that comes up. Sure. Um, and, and some of that can be up-to-date information where you make better decisions. Mm. And, and the software's never been as good to be able to keep your accounts up-to-date. Mm. Um, no excuses really anymore, is there? There always will be. I know, I know. I was just waiting for the reaction, Michael. Um, but it's that, um, you know, I have many conversations with firms around uh, the, the, their business owner clients, business leaders wanted to be closer to the numbers during COVID because it's mo it was much more sensitive. And one would argue that that, uh, that hasn't gone away and is going to be even more so in uh, 2023 because of the, uh, you know, economic challenges. Um, and so that presents a fabulous opportunity for accountants to get closer to their clients more often with more accurate insight in and around their core numbers. Um, how, how do you tackle that with your, your existing clients now, Michael? It sounds you like you're in you, that you, space already. You, you, ba you, basically, you basically offer it to them. So it, it's very easy to get sucked into all that and not charge for it. Yeah. Um, but the, the clients have got to value it enough to pay for it. Mm. Um, and then there's got to be a benefit. They've got to see the tangible benefit um, in their business as well, or the actions that they've taken to to make it worthwhile. So, not so, every customer not every customer wants to do it. Sure. But how, how do you establish uh, value in the hearts and minds of your clients in and around that additional um, support in terms of? financial accurate up to date you can see where you're at what decisions are coming up how, how do you establish the value in the client's hearts and minds on that we always ask them what their exit plan is uh, we've done right. that a lot more recently right so in the last sort of six months six to nine months we've been started to ask what's their exit plan and that was driven to a lot of people having a bit of a revelation in covid by saying i don't need as much money as i thought i did and so that i i I think there'll be a lot of opportunities around um, uh, businesses changing hands. So whether that's people that have just gone, I've had enough, or 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 it will be acquirers spotting opportunities. Mm. So <clears throat> what you're then driving to is is you're then looking at their businesses. Is this providing the life that I want now? Mm. So can I go on X amount of holidays? Can I do this for my children? Can I, have I got enough money to do this? I'm in this house and blah, 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 blah. And then coupled with a personal balance sheet with at the moment, my assets are worth this. If I want to be able to retire, I would need this. Um, and it's how do we get there? Mm -hmm. So it's not a, oh, let's grow your business because it's woo, woo, woo. This is really exciting. Think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is, this is a definite plan. No, I love my, most business owners love their business. They love what they do. They love the product that they do. Although they moan about it, they, they do like what they do. Yeah. Um, and then it's how do you then get them to like what they want and get the end goal to be as much as high as possibly want to, instead of getting to 57 years old and go, I've got nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've got loads of expensive children and or 
boyfriends and girlfriends, blah, blah, blah. Uh, interesting. So and it, it, it's sort of coming full circle here in terms of it's not the money you want, it's why you want the money. That matters the, the, the most. So we're actually coming back round the, to... The quote uh, that I always love, uh, that I use a lot, and I can't remember who it's from, yeah? It, it's, it's, and then so we say, do you have character? And character is the ability to carry out a resolution long after the moment has passed. Mm. And unless you've got that feeling there... You are not going to do it. Mm. Yeah. Because that will drive you when it's cold. That will drive you when it's raining, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's how do you then keep that momentum? Because the more excited, the more you like it, the better you'll be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're back to your, your comment earlier about, you know, passion. Passion's got to be there. There's what's the driver behind the passion. Um, can and in I- my mind, in my mind, that's why Napoleon Hill put that as chapter one in his book, Think and Grow Rich, mm. Desire. Mm-hmm. Which is from within, which is connected with, you could argue, the Simon Sinek piece about reason why. You know, there's, you've got to have the conversation yeah, with yeah, your clients absolutely. and your team about why they're doing this. Yeah. Um, which is a, a deeper conversations. Um, yeah, brilliant. Michael, we, we've covered a, uh, quite a bit of ground uh, in this short, short discussion um, around, you know, the value of uh, really good conversations with the team, with the clients, um, trust has shown up generally does but your emphasis on empathy um strikes a chord with me um as much as anything is yes ask all your clients about their goals and record them but not just what they say the first time it's layer it you know get 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 deeper i think that's um brilliant um the fact that you're taking time out of the working day working week working month whatever cadence you use and we didn't touch on the cadence but you helping your team build the human skills, the conversation skills, the soft skills, as well as the technical knowledge and now for being a good accountant, um, really shows how human a business you're, uh, you, you're building there. Um, and, you know, when times are tough, what's the role, what's the positioning of uh, an accountant and the fact that it's, um, yes, it's a sounding board, but a sounding board with um, helping decisions and action being taken so that you take some responsibility for that. Um, uh, positions yours, your firm really, really uh, powerfully. Of, of all the things that we've covered off, what um, I'm wondering what's sort of triggered anything in your head in terms of what you could, should be doing more with or um, something that you need to go and hunt and, and, and find new inspiration for? What, what stood out as being of um, most value or uh, most stimulating for you today? Um. When I was talking about it, I, it's very easy for me to say to my clients, celebrate the wins. Mm. Um, but it's something that I don't find naturally easy to do myself, which is why I can highlight it because mm. I know that I make that mistake a lot. Yeah. So it, with, with some of the things that I've said today, you can always get improvements. But overall, it's like I'm pleased with what we've done mm. with the time that we've had. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think sometimes it's easy to go looking for too much new stuff. Yeah. Instead of looking what's in front of you, you might be the next shiny object or the of next course, shiny yeah, bit of software. That, yeah, where's the silver and, bullet and, that'll fix everything? Yeah, and and, and 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 it's not the only way it does is if you find that wardrobe and get into Narnia, isn't it? It's it's if there's things that you learn every day, mm. um, and there are various groups that I go to where I, I constantly listen to workshops and speakers. Yeah. Um, that I regularly take action on. So mm. I'd, I'd probably say just do more of what we've been doing. Mm. Yeah, good for you. I, just picking up on your point around um, are, are we good enough at celebrating the wins? Uh, and I think, you know, there's um, there's a tendency, because of the way, you know, we professionals learn accountancy, you're looking for the errors so you can fix them as opposed to looking for the things that have gone well. And so I think there's, there is an argument to say that the profession could, should, upgrade their ability to celebrate the wins but they've got to identify them and there's a skill in there and uh, it, you... it's massive and i remember a lady called tracy clo um uh, and it was quite early when we was on the mdh career and then and she went through a lot of the i was oh, i still haven't done that still haven't done that still haven't done that and she actually sent me a plastic trumpet in the post right and and said when you're celebrating your wins blow your own trumpet <laughs> And I've still got it on the office somewhere. Oh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, and I, I respect her a lot for sending that yeah, to me. Yeah. 
we uh, I, I nicked off uh, Simon Chaplin the um, uh, Belden approach to the little wins and and, and and having something show up. Um, it's uh, what we've done in our firm in, in with our team is we have we have a team meeting every Monday uh, twelve noon without fail. It's a habitual piece of everything we do culturally, and um, we we kickstart that meeting with good news. So everyone shares personal or business, don't matter. We just want a bit of good news in order to create the right state in the room. Uh, and then we go, right, what's been remarkable this week? Where, where have we seen something happen in terms of humanising the numbers? Um, or we've seen our three values be worthwhile, wholehearted and worthy of notice show up. Um, and so we're looking for the little stories every week without fail. Um, and sometimes we're not surprised what we hear. And then other times something's gone off that I, I didn't know about or Sally didn't know about or Kelly didn't know about. Um, so we've turned it into a, a weekly thing. So people are looking for them now so that they can bring them into the meeting. That might be um, something you're already doing or something you can fold in. Michael, um, love speaking with you today. Really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, share a few insights into uh, your world in sunny Croydon, which is probably a bit warmer than the I've got snow on my uh, uh, Velux windows here up in uh, up in the Derbyshire Dales. Um, thank you very, very much for your uh, for your time. Thank you, Paul. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. This podcast series, Humanise the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors, My Work Papers, Advanced Track, Citago and VFD Pro. Visit humanisethenumbers.online, click the logo of each sponsor, and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsor's services. You're about to hear a short excerpt from a podcast discussion with Steve Price of Manchester firm BWP Inspire. If you like what you hear, then please go to humanisethenumbers.online for the full podcast or go to your favourite podcast platform. I don't want the younger people in my practice not being able to speak to the younger clients that we have because guess what? They they can talk to them on their level. We can talk about millennials, Gen Z, whatever. But I want, I want our young guys talking about things that I'm missing. I don't know. They're more much more on that. So why would I hide them away and say only the more senior people can, can, can talk on that level? That's a journey we need to go on. We're not ready to do that today, but that's, that's exactly where I'm coming from. But we have to realize if, if we claim not to be traditional, we, we claim to be forward looking, we claim to inspire clients. We've got to realize the best way in which we can do that. Mm -hmm.